wrestling fanatics, welcome to the Queen's Takeover. Thank you for joining the Queens of Belly Up Wrestling as we take over the podcast world. It's your girl Kat, aka the Texas Sports Queen. We also have the Carolina Boss Lady, Kayla. Hello. And our resident Jester, Jolie. Sup. On this week's episode, we run through the card for Super Showdown, dive into recaps from AEW. We have the latest from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And the queens make their first appointments in the world world of wrestling. So, okay, coming up this Thursday, we the WWE heads back to Saudi Arabia for Super Showdown. Let's run through the card and make some predictions for the show. So first up, we have the New Day versus Miz and Morrison for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Um, for this one, I'm going New Day on this because I would love at WrestleMania to see another Clash of the Titans with New Day and the Usos. Jolie, who do you have? New Day. Miz and Morrison, yeah, they're good, and I think it's a good way to bring Morrison back in, but um, tag titles not in their future at the moment. I wouldn't mind seeing a triple threat or um, a fatal four-way at Mania. New Day, Ms. Morrison, Revival, and Usos. All right, Kayla? I got the New Day on it. Um, I'm glad. I do like Ms. and Morrison, how they're going with it. But um, like Julia said, them, this is definitely not time for Ms. and Morrison to gain the titles. So um, I'm going New Day. All right. Next we got AJ Styles, Andrade, Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, R-Truth, and Rusev in a gauntlet match for the Tuwait Trophy. First time ever. Now, when I looked at the lineup for this match, it's like a couple of things cancel out. Rusev and Lashley, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a gauntlet match and everything, but um, I was like, Rusev and Lashley, yeah, I understand why they're in it and everything. Uh, The surprise of this match is, how did R-Truth get into it? (laughs) I don't know. Truth, man. Truth gets into everything. (laughs) But as far as, like, who wins, I'm actually going to go AJ Styles on this one because with the latest news coming out that his WrestleMania match is set to be against The Undertaker uh, and the way that he actually they were actually brought him back the other day on TV, I see this as kind of like a building block uh, to kind of strengthen strengthen him up going into that WrestleMania match. So... I'm actually going to go AJ on this one. Kayla? I am going with the phenomenal AJ Styles. <laughs> All right, Jolie? Rusev. Rusev? I'm going with Rusev because of the fact that he's been on such a losing streak. He needs a big win, and I think that this would be the better time for him. With AJ, AJ gets all the wins a lot of the times but Rusev has been on such a downward losing streak that I could see him winning and possibly pinning Andrade as the last person setting up for a possible match at Wrestlemania alrighty okay so next on the list we have for the very first time ever in Saudi Arabia a women's uh, championship match will take place we got Bailey against Naomi for the Smackdown women's title Only because of all the WrestleMania rumors that have been circulating and everything, a lot of back and forth. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Bailey on this one, and I know we're gonna get into the rumors later on. But in for for this uh, particular matchup, I'm gonna go Bailey. Jolie. 
it's technically not the first time a women's match for a championship has taken place in Saudi Arabia. This is the first time it's actually going to be televised on the Super Showdown. They did Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks a couple years ago in a t- uh, title match for the Raw Women's title in Riyadh. Um, I, thought, I thought that was in Abu Dhabi. I thought that was in Saudi. Isn't it the same area? No. Oh. I, I swear that was Riyadh, but... Um, Gotta go Bailey, even though I want Naomi to win, because I'm really getting sick and tired of all the rumors that are circling right now. But Bailey has to retain, because I just don't see another way to do it, to be perfectly honest. I could see Naomi winning, but via DQ. Okay. Fair enough. Either way, Bailey retains. All right. Kayla? Just to give a little heads up, 14 days today. 14 days, Bailey will break the record as the longest reigning SmackDown championship. She will break Charlotte's record. But um, that's so. I'm going Bailey, and I believe Bailey's going to end up breaking Charlotte's record. Ah, alrighty. Now, this, now this next match, I still don't know how. I mean, I know that the Street Profits came out and kind of saved the day, but how they ended up being. Uh, put as number one contenders is beyond me, but we got Seth Rollins and Murphy defending the, the Raw Tag Titles against the Street Profits. And only because uh, Mr. Rollins, a.k.a. the Monday Night Messiah, is getting on my last nerves lately, and we actually need to see the tag titles uh, going to an actual tag team. Um, I'm going to Street Profits on this one. Kayla? As much as I would love to see the Street Profits or anybody else hold the titles, um, I believe it's going to be Rollins and Murphy retain the Raw Tag Team titles. All right. Jolie? I got the Profits. I can't stand, Seth. Um, And if some of the WrestleMania rumors are true, it would be better if they dropped the titles now and let the Street Profits take the titles into WrestleMania. Um especially if the one rumor I read that it's going to be KO versus Seth at Mania. So that would make sense if they drop the titles. I think I did read that one somewhere too. Okay, so we got the WWE Championship with Brock Lesnar and Ricochet. I love Ricochet to death. I love Ricochet to death. I don't see him getting out of this one. And and everyone at this point, once Brock versus Drew at WrestleMania. So, definitely Brock Lesnar. Jolie? As much of an underdog that Ricochet is, and as a fellow Eagles fan, I would love for him to win, but again, this is not his time. Brock will retain, and it'll be a decent match, because like I said, Brock does really well in s- smaller guy matches. He's he, I, His matches with Daniel, AJ, um and Finn the past couple of years have been some of his best work, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. So, Brock, unfortunately. All right, Kayla? So much as I would love Ricochet to this uh, Slay the Beast, um, it's not in his um, books right now. Um, he will definitely give Brock the run for his money because um, Brock has said in the past he does not like the high-flying, slow, high-flying, fast people that move in the ring because it seems to give him more of a sweat and a workout, he likes to say. Um, 
So I hate to say it as much as I love Ricochet to be champion. Um, but I'm going for the lo- um the reigning, defending, undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar. Wait, when did Paul Heyman get on this podcast? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> did you know? I, I, I just had to. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay, so next we got the steel cage match. Hopefully, to end this thing once and for all. Uh, the steel cage match between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. Oh, Roman, I'm praying to the wrestling gods. Roman, end this thing, please. I got Roman on this one. Kayla? I'm going the big dog, Roman Reigns. It's got to come to an end. I mean, how much more can you go? I mean, I honestly thought the dog food incident was the end of it, but apparently King Corbin's like, nope, let's go again. So, yeah, hopefully with a win by Roman Reigns, this definitely ends the storyline. Right. Jolly? Yeah, Roman. I'm, I can't. I'm done. I'm done with, I'm done with Corbin. I'm done with his, I'm, I'm done. This whole storyline was great for a while, but I swear to God, he has more selective memory than a blonde. <laughs> like, you had your, you had Dolph out first. Like, I know he's a heel, but come on, dude. The hypocrisy. I mean, seriously, I still want to throw somebody down the stairs at work and not get fired. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so the last one I have on the list, the Universal Championship match with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, going against Goldberg. This one actually is taking an interesting turn because all, all along... We were hearing that it was going to be The Fiend having the title at WrestleMania, possibly going up, more than likely going up against Roman Reigns. And then, uh, Jolie, I think you heard some rumors about, like, the WrestleMania plans getting changed up and everything. So it's like, this one's kind of a toss-up. But I'm going with the, I'm still going with The Fiend on this one. I don't, I don't see how Goldberg gets the title, but I could be wrong. I'm going to go with The Fiend. Jolie? Um, even with the the rumors that um, Meltzer put out not too long ago today, um, I still see The Fiend retaining, and if he does go against the person that they're speculating, I would rather that be for the title, because, yeah, I, I, I Old Bird can go home. <laughs> All right, Kayla? Um, as not as much as I am not a fan of the Fiend thing going right now, um, I definitely do not see Goldberg take being the one to actually end his streak as far as the Fiend. So I'm going the Fiend at um Super Showdown. All right. So we'll definitely see what happens on Thursday. Okay, so while the three of us are primarily WWE fans, let's actually get into some action and updates from AEW. Now, this past week in Atlanta, the boss lady was at the AEW show and got a close-up view of the action. So, Kayla, what did you think about the entire night? Amazing. Um, It actually got me to open up my eyes to actually see them. They have um, a lot of dedication. Um, They look like they actually, you know doing their job but they had a lot of fun like they actually made it more entertaining um i admit i only used to 
come home and watch only because of Britt Baker, John Moxley, and Cody. But actually getting to see um, see um, um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page in the ring defending their titles, um, it was really awesome to actually see them actually in action. Um, as far as they had a battle royal who can be the number one contenders at a revolution coming up for them. Um, everybody that was in that match, as far as the tag teams, they it was just an awesome match. It was always constantly upbeat. They kept the crowd going, heel or face. They kept the crowd going. You know, um, it was awesome to see the Young Bucks actually in action. I've never seen them, and it got down to, I want to say, was it Nick Jackson? I think one of them. I want to say it was Nick. I think Nick was the last one for the Young Bucks, and he had like three people left in the ring and he just boom, boom, he knocked him out of there and he won the um, battle Royal for the young bucks. And one thing I noticed, um, they actually came out after Kenny Omega and Adam page retained and they shook their hands, really good sportsmanship. And I noticed that there, um, regardless of what their, um, actions are, they're really down the earth there. Um, and also part of me, was excited. Um, I got to see John Moxley in action um, go up against one of uh, Chris Jericho's little goonies. Um, so he um, did really well at the match, and somehow he managed to pull it off. Because I mean, he at the Jeff actually had it all the way through the match. Um, he pulled it off, and of course, what happens? Chris Jericho, Jake Hagar, and all his buddies just jump in and beat up on him. Um, and that's when shocked me, um, Dustin Rhodes, some of you know him as Gold Dust, came to Moxley's rescue. And but that just wasn't it. You're like, okay, you have like four people beating up two guys. You need somebody else. Well, who finally returns after being knocked out? Darby Allen. I actually got to see him in action, you know, and and just seeing him in action helped Moxley me might build up a later future maybe a, i could see maybe a um three a uh, six-man tag team um also i'll jump back to as far as chris stratlander i've never seen her in the ring i like instantly fell in love with her um it's just different people opened up my eyes and then um as far as cody's match i got to witness the first ever steel cage match in aew ever and um he he pulled that match off after literally climbing up the ladder, climbing up the cage, and literally somersaulting, flipping, and ended up pinning the guy and getting the match. Um, and then he jumped up onto the top steel cage, and Brandy's like, "There, come on, come on, come on, that's it, that's it." You could see her like she's getting nervous that he's way up there. Um, but uh, and it was, and I guess it was just great to see him, and he actually did a little backstory of everything, and um. If you don't know, right down from State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Cody actually started off a street called Baker Street. And he actually told the story, you know, how it started. And if you ever listened to his theme, which is Kingdom by Downstate, um, and knowing how far he's come with his company. And basically, if you listen to some, if you listen to it, has a lot to do with his dad, too. So his, you know, being able to witness that and seeing how far Cody has actually grown with this company and what Cody has done with the company, I'm actually really happy for Cody for once I can tell that he's 
happy where he's at. And that is that. And I actually look forward to going to another AEW event, and I will never miss another AEW event on TV. <laughs> nah, um, I know the speech you were talking about because they did. Um, they actually were. He was off. They were off the air when they did that, and I could just see like the emotion in his eyes and in his voice and everything about like how he was telling the story. That cage match was awesome. First, first thing I saw when I saw the cage, I was like, going, "Okay, that's this is a mini Hell in a Cell. Screw, screw steel cage. It's a mini Hell in a Cell." But um, the steel steel cage match was awesome, and even when Brandy was getting into MJF's face, that little weasel. It was just like that whole, this whole storyline has been mapped out, drawn out, played out to perfection. Even going back a few weeks, whenever they did the lashes in the, in the ring, it was just like unbelievable. And I never thought I would end up like spending 50, 60 bucks on a pay-per-view again. But after the Moxley match got set, after the MJF the uh, Cody match got set. Every, as soon as the cards start coming together for Revolution, I'm like going. I looked at my husband. I was like going, "Okay, we're buying. We we got it. We got <laughs> we got to buy we got to buy this pay per view." And so I love. So it's like I'm loving this whole storyline, and I cannot wait for the match. Back to Moxley and Jericho. It's like Jericho and his little minions and everything. It's just they're always like. They, they always they're always like running around can't stay out of anyone's business and i'm glad that moxley actually got some help this week and i've been waiting for darby allen to come back because he's been wanting sammy Guevara's head or his neck i should say <sighs> and and then as far as like the women's title picture i'm glad that some people are actually starting to set are starting to step up to Nyla Rose already, Chris Statlander, even Big Swole coming out and just like making her presence known. The only question I have on this is Britt is Britt, Dr. Britt Baker. She keeps talking about being the face of the women's division. Why doesn't she make it a play for it? Women's title. Why isn't she stepping up? She's just in the back, running her mouth, giving Tony Schiavone a hard time. So I have no idea about that, but I, but I am definitely loving the direction of this, and Revolution is going to be badass, and I cannot wait. She was actually on commentary Wednesday night. I happened to glance over, and she was on commentary. Um, but she didn't actually make an appearance. Um, yeah. To back up to the steel cage, also, as far as y'all know about the Nightmare family, it was really great to see Arn Anderson out there you know, interacting. There was one point that Cody had literally the gate, the door had swung open, and Cody was outside the ring, and M- MJF comes around like he's getting ready to take the gate and hit his face. And Arn got up into his face and is like, uh-uh. Next thing you know, he takes the gate and slams it back in his face. And um, and there was another time, I couldn't really tell. Like you said, he was up in Brandy's face, but um, Brandy was going around with a steel chair in her hand. Like, don't, here comes Arn Anderson and flips him over the barricade. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, no, that- I mean, it was really great to see him you know, have Cody's back so long and someone had in the crowd that says, don't mess with him. He was part of the four horsemen. (laughs) No, but that one part, um, that one part where the cage door was open, because I was like, we were watching it on TV and MJF was in Arn's face, like saying, hit him like you hit his father. And then Arn Arn just hit him instead. So, ooh, yeah, it's like February 29th here already, please. Okay, so now let's go back to the WWE and talk about the women's championships. First with Raw. 
It was announced this week that at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, there will be a chamber match between Asuka, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Shayna Baszler, and Ruby Riot. The winner, the winner will face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, rumors have circulated that Shayna is already set to face Becky in Tampa. So, Jolie, if there were no WrestleMania rumors circulating, who would you pick to win the Women's Elimination Chamber match? With those six? Shayna. Mm-hmm. Shayna, hands down. There's, the storyline has already been put in place since about three years ago when they were outside. Well, it was her, Bailey, and Charlotte faced off against Ronda, Marina, and Jessamine when mm-hmm. she was in the Mae Young Classic. So th- this has been a this has been a storyline with Shayna and any one of the horsewomen. So it would be Shayna hands down because as much as I love Asuka and Becky matches because that Raw one was better than Rumble. I'll put that right out there. Um, yeah, no. The tag titles need to be defended and it should not be dropped at a random pay-per-view. It should be dropped at Mania if that's the way they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, Natty, the SummerSlam match was good enough. Um, I love Natty to death, but she's just not championship material anymore, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I would see it more as a, a pity win to give her the title right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got Liv, Sarah, and Ruby, who have their own storyline brewing. So it's like... That's the only logical storyline. Even if this was just played out in front of me, it's the most logical storyline. It's the more, it's the most hype storyline that would be pushed forward. And again, this is this is also leading back to Survivor Series where Becky yeah. dumped Shayna. Yeah. And I mean, come on, Becky's freaking Twitter feed right now. <laughs> if, if whoever's listening, if you don't follow Becky Lynch, look her up on Twitter. She's acting like a stan account for Shayna. This is great. This is something... Like, she is one of the, the best when it comes to feuding on Twitter. She she just knocks everybody out of the park. So definitely, Shayna does make the most sense. And you also have to think that Natty is going to want to go after Kyrie and Asuka mm-hmm. for how they've been treating her. So that's the storyline there, too. The rumor is, uh, with the tag titles, is that Beth Phoenix is going to come back in and they're going to uh, fight for the titles again. All right. All right. Kayla? Agreeing with Julie. Shayna Baszler all together because, like she said, they've been technically building up the whole horsewomen versus horsewomen for the longest time. And um, honestly, the whole Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch would be good because Becky kind of still feels like I know you beat me at Survivor Series, but you didn't pin me, so she would probably definitely want to see that she can pin the Queen of Spades and also back it up as far as the Horsewoman storyline going. Shayna Pana, in a way, still has beef with Charlotte because Charlotte eliminated her in the Royal Rumble. So even as the whole Becky Lynch comes to an end, maybe, whatever, winning the title, um, I can maybe see eventually, hopefully, our dream match will happen where we'll see Jasmine Duke Marina Shafir, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler versus Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky. 
and Becky. Sorry, drew a blank there for a minute. I was like, wait a minute. Uh. But yeah, well, definitely see, I, Shayna I, I Baszler. Why you drew, you drew a blank? Because you said Sasha, and you're like, wait, what has Sasha done lately? Where is <laughs> Sasha? Has anybody seen Sasha? I saw something online that said she had an ankle injury. Then something said that she's supposed to be back Friday on SmackDown. So I don't know. I read somewhere that she's filming on Disney Plus for The Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> and she's working on an album. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as much as I disagree with like her having such a high-profile ma- profile match at WrestleMania right away, I got to go Shayna as well. Because it's like Natty and Asuka, it's like over the past year, it's like been there, done that. Uh, Ruby's just coming back. She's a strong competitor, and she'll be in the title picture soon enough. Uh, Liv and Sarah, they just need more time, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it looks like we're three for three on this one with, with uh, Shayna. Okay, so switching to SmackDown. <laughs> Speaking of Sasha, the original rumors were that Bailey's WrestleMania opponent was going to be Sasha. Now, this past week... Uh, rumors have come out um, that it's actually been switched to Naomi going against Bailey at WrestleMania. And it seems like this with her interview on Friday, Lacey Evans may be throwing her hat in the ring as well because she talked about an Elimination Chamber match, which they actually haven't announced yet. But So that might get thrown into the mix as well. So the question is, who's going to be the better opponent for Bailey at WrestleMania? And as much as we haven't seen her on TV lately, I would have to say Sasha for sure because fans have been wanting this matchup for ages because Bailey and Sasha, they threw down in NXT before and they've been wanting them to throw down again on the main stage um, on mess, on um, the main roster. And it brings more of a star power effect to WrestleMania. And although she's had WrestleMania matches before, Sasha's never had the big win at WrestleMania. And she's long overdue for a title, a long title reign, a successful title reign, not just like one or two weeks, lose on your first defense. And because it's like when you compare her total days as champion with the rest of the four horsewomen, it's shameful. It's like, it's like. WWE has totally disrespected her in that aspect that she they don't they haven't seen her as a a bona fide champion to give her a long title reign and I don't get it and WWE owes her that so I'm yeah so I definitely have to say Sasha on this one Kayla I'm going Sasha Banks because as far as better opponent for Bailey um definitely the boss because. A lot of people, I've seen stuff on Twitter, like, some of the kids are like, oh, I blame Sasha for turning Bailey because she was a heel. Um, but I eventually, maybe hopefully when she does return, um, she does turn on Bailey. I think if anybody turns on anybody, it's going to be Sasha turning on Bailey, or to twist it up a little bit, Bailey might turn on Sasha, and hopefully it will lead up to a title match. But as far as a better opponent, it's definitely Sasha. All right, Jolie. Sasha is definitely the better opponent. Is Mania the right time to pull the trigger? That's the question. You have to remember one thing. Where's SummerSlam this year? 
SummerSlam is in Sasha Banks' hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. How do I keep if, forgetting that? <laughs> if, if you're going to pull the trigger on this, you do it at Boston, where she'll be home and from her home crowd. And the only time she actually got, did she, she didn't even win. She lost when she won against Hell in a Cell in Boston, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Pissed me off. So I think if they do have somebody else face Sasha or face Bailey I'm okay with that if they have Sasha turn on her at Mania that way you've got the four months leading up to SummerSlam to feud yeah it's it's this yeah them turning her right now okay that would have made more sense if they turned her at the Rumble if she showed up at the Rumble Mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer a feud not start like, well, it's been building. Okay, it's been building, but let us have the precipice at Mania where it switches on completely and you have Sasha pull uh, Johnny Gargano and blindside her with the title. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be Yes, Tampa is special to all four of the women. That's where the original school was before it moved to Orlando. So I understand why this is a special WrestleMania being in Tampa. But I feel that the build-up and the reward would be so much better for SummerSlam. Now, if she wasn't quote-unquote injured or quote-unquote doing all these events where she's filming or she's doing Instagram stories or... You know, she's just, you know, talking through everybody via Ryu, her dog. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have a better sense of what's going on, but we don't. So to say, well, we got, <clears throat> what, 50 days to WrestleMania, if that, and you want to start jumpstart this feud now? It, it just doesn't mm-hmm. have the same effect. Mm-hmm. So... If it does happen to be Sasha, okay, I'll be fine with it. I'll be happy for all the crew members. I'll be happy to be there in attendance to watch it. But I wouldn't be mad if it was Naomi or even Lacey, to be perfectly honest. Okay. All right, cool. Okay, so let's have a little fun here. For weeks now, Eric Rowan has been coming to the ring with his covered cage, but nobody knows what's in it because, of course, he keeps the tarp over and keeps it covered. So, Kayla, I'll go back to you on this one. What the hell's in his cage? Um, rumors that have been floated around as far as what is in his cage has been sheep mask. We've... It's not Liv Morgan because unless she's a corpse or something, she's on Raw now. Um, people's going as far as Bray Wyatt's own lantern. Luke Harper's WWE contract has been mentioned. Um, a rat. And then the latest one that I literally was like, please don't let it be, was a spider. Um, and as far as going as research, people went back to November 8th of 2004 and said it was the punted baby that was punted into the crowd by Snitsky. Um, at this point... Wait, 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 wait. That baby wouldn't fit in there now. <laughs> <laughs> unless, you shrunk, unless you shrunk him. 
Or or it's just the the the, the, the decaying bones, but Jesus God, these people are morbid. <laughs> I'm saying right. it's baby fucking Yoda, dude. Hey, at this right, it could be baby Yoda, but whatever it was, it's definitely frightening enough to scare Mojo Raleigh. And as Mojo is, it takes a lot for people to scare him. And by the way, WWE, he does not have a shirt in the shop, by the way. So get Mojo Raleigh a shirt. Um, yes, but please. Far... won't let this down. <laughs> so um, as far as what is in his cage, like I said before, um, I don't think it's his imagination because if it was, no one else could see it. Um, but it's simply something simple that we're missing and that when it's actually revealed we're just going to be like why didn't we think of that so um whatever however long this is going to go i mean he's getting closer and closer each week like you want to see it you want to see it um so i don't know if it's baby yoda great if it's a sheep mask great if it's spider i might kill wwe or whatever it may be but um i'm actually ready for this whole carrying the cage to the ring to end because I really want to know what's in that cage. <laughs> okay, Jolie, any other theories besides Baby Yoda? Um, my mind keeps going to the movie 7 where you got Brad Pitt saying, what's the fucking box? Um, <laughs> and you're talking about the baby. That's why my head went there because he put the baby's head in there or something like that. Uh, what's in the fucking box? What's in the fucking cage? Hmm. Maybe it's Vince McMahon. And, and, and you're saying, you know, because he hasn't been seen, apparently. Vince hasn't been backstage, apparently. So it could be him. Um, it could be Paul Heyman's hairpiece. Um, hmm, what could be in the box? Uh, and, and you said something to scare, you know, Mojo. It's not that hard. Just put the Steelers' defense in there. Um... <laughs> Nah, I, I I think what, like like you said, it's going to be something symbolic, but it's also going to be something simple, and we're going to be like either completely flabbergasted and like, oh shit, or oh shit, really. <laughs> if it's a spider, kill it with fire. If it's a rat, I'm okay with that. Um, if it's the sheet mask, I think that would be very very interesting. If it's a fiend mask, that would be very interesting. If it's like Rambling Rabbit, we haven't seen him in a while, have we? Uh, uh, he was he was on the Firefly uh, Fire Fun Fly House episode on Friday. Okay, I I wasn't able to. That watch. he almost died because he was getting ready to ramble and he was getting ready to do the little mallet and he jumps down and breaks us. <sighs> So Ramblin' Rabbit is alive for now. <laughs> he's got nine lives just like cats. Oh, no, he has unlimited lives because, I mean, he's <laughs> past nine lives now. He's definitely not <laughs> unlimited. He, he's a zombie. But, yeah, no, I think if they play it right, it could actually be a really cool storyline tool, especially if it's an homage to the Wyatt family, you know. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm just – I'm just – uh I was actually really enjoying his match Monday night with um, Alistair Black, though. That was actually a really good match. I'm actually glad that, yeah, it's like they both had someone, like, a substantial opponent to go It wasn't a squash match. Yeah, it wasn't a squash match. It wasn't like a a stiff out there and everything. So, 
Uh, now, in, in regards to what's in the cage, I'm going to go left field on this one because it's, uh, let's see, uh, definitely an animal of some sort, porcupine. Uh, uh, but I'm definitely thinking like a rat, like an animal of some sort. So I'll definitely, definitely have to wait and see what happens with that. Okay, so turning to NXT, there was a ton of fallout this week from NXT TakeOver Portland. So to start things off, at Portland, Tegan Knox was on the verge of victory when Raquel Gonzalez interfered and helped Dakota Kai pick up the win. This past Wednesday, NXT General Manager William Regal informed Dakota that on the March 4th episode of NXT, she would be facing Tegan again, but this time in a steel cage. Jolie, who wins the rubber match? Well, this wouldn't be the rubber match. This would be the second match. Uh, rubber match is the third match. So I think uh, Tegan wins, and then the, the rubber match will be at Tampa TakeOver. Uh, Tegan definitely gets the win because she... Like I said before, when we were talking about this, she put all this offense in, and somehow Dakota sneakily won the t- sneakily won the match. I called it. Let me let me let me kind of stop you there for a second because I, oh, a little after uh, Tegan came back, they did fight against each other on an NXT episode. Candace came out to the ring, and Tegan got the win after she hit Dakota with the knee oh, brace. I might have. That might have been one of the episodes I was working because I worked. I had to sometimes work on Wednesday. So the rubber match, I still say that it's going to be Tegan winning this match, and still going to lead to another match in probably at Tampa, possibly a tag match. Now, if I think about it, with either Candice and Tegan versus Dakota and Raquel, or Mia and Tegan, either or. I would prefer Mia and Tegan after seeing that video of those two teaming with Rhea and them trying to do the stomp and then they're acting like they hurt their foot. That was hilarious. All right. Kayla? I got Tegan Knox on this one. I think this is the where she's finally going to eventually just let her anger out on um, Dakota and just basically go out of the way and basically just say, hey, you... You're supposed to be my best friend kind of thing. So I guess, and as far as it ending, I don't see it ending anytime soon before WrestleMania. So definitely um, we'll see it at Tampa TakeOver. I, I can also see Tegan using the um, the door to Dakota's knee like Dakota used to her knee at War Games. Ooh, yeah. All right. Now for this particular one... Um... Yeah, I definitely see. I definitely see Tegan winning. Um, yeah, with Tampa coming up with WrestleMania weekend, it's probably not going to be the end of the story between these two. But um, yeah, Tegan. Yeah, Tegan's going to get get hers on Dakota. So I definitely see her taking the the win on this one. Okay, so also in Portland, Keith Lee retained his NXT North American title against Dominic Dijakovic, and on Wednesday, Dijakovic confronted Lee. And who told him that they could fight forever if Regal approves. So, Kayla, are we on the verge of an Iron Man match? Yes. Because um, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic is definitely beyond over. Um, 
Because I feel like Dominic still kind of feels like I can be better than you. Keith Lee, on the other hand, feels the same way. Um, I do love Dominic really a lot. Um, him and Keith Lee, as far as the big guys in NXT, are a bit like two of my favorites. Um, but I'm happy, happy that he actually has, Keith Lee has the title. Um, but as far as this match goes, it will definitely lead up to an Iron Man match. And I think that exactly is going to prove to the point exactly who is better right now in the ring. And hopefully this feud might end. It may not, depending how jealous Dominic Dijakovic gets. All right. Jelly? Definitely see this leading to an Iron Man match, especially after he said with the crowd, hyping up the crowd to say fight forever. Mm -hmm. I think these two guys have some of the best in-ring chemistry that I've seen in a long time, especially with two big guys um, that don't move like two big guys. They move like... When I watch these two guys move, it's like watching Ricochet and Dream fight each other because that's how nimble and that's how athletic these two guys are. Um, I definitely see Keith winning out overall um, and the possibility of them maybe moving up Dijakovic to, to either Raw or SmackDown. I don't see Lee leaving anytime soon, though I would love to see him on the main roster. I mean, well, NXT technically is main roster. I don't care what anybody says. Um, they've they've got they've got a better product than SmackDown half of the time, and their their show was a little lackluster. And I will say that AEW did put on some decent matches this week, from what I saw. However, even a lackluster NXT is better than a SmackDown. So <laughs> Lee definitely uh, takes the um, if they do turn this into an Iron Man match at Tampa Takeover which is going to be an epic, epic battle. I, I would definitely see Lee retaining everything. Yeah, I definitely see an Iron Man match in the future. Um, these two have been going back and forth, and their matches are spectacular. Um, they've definitely redefined like what you can do in a ring, even for a big man. And so... Their work is incredible. An Iron Man match would just be absolutely epic. I would see that definitely the weekend of Tampa and to put an icing on this rivalry of theirs. Um, as far as like who would end up winning it, I would definitely see Keith Lee coming out on top because it's like he's just he's kind of up there right now as far as like the best of NXT and I would hate for him to be kind of rushed to Raw or SmackDown, even though they're all considered main roster now. Um, he's definitely one of the faces of NXT, and yeah, I don't not see him losing the title anytime soon. Okay, so on the women's side, Rhea Ripley retained her NXT Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. Right after the match, Charlotte attacked Ripley from behind and accepted her WrestleMania challenge. As she was leaving the ring, Charlotte also attacked Belair in the process. Well, this past week, uh, Wednesday, uh, Bianca stored in the ring and vowed to beat Charlotte's ass. So, now on the next NXT, it has been confirmed that Bianca Belair will be going up against Charlotte Flair at Full Sail. So, the question is now, are we on the road to a triple threat match at WrestleMania? My answer is, hell yes, please. 
I'm praying to the wrestling gods, let this happen because this is all coming into fruition for this to occur. Now, going back to the buildup for Portland, just with the promos that Belair was giving in the ring on her own and the way that she was going at Ripley and Charlotte, um, that was just gold enough on its own. And adding Bianca to the match would bring another it would bring another level there. And also it would save Charlotte from eating a pin or a submission. But I am praying that this turns into a triple threat match. Jolie? I definitely see this uh, moving forward to being a triple threat. It has to be that way. And um, so we've had awesome interactions between Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca in ring, out of ring. With her blindsiding both of them, accepting the challenge, and with Rhea actually coming out and saying, I don't care if you add her, go for it in an interview. Definitely, 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 it would definitely make this match a uh, a higher tier level match. Not that it already wasn't, Mm -hmm. but these are two of your arguably best NXT women's wrestlers at the moment. One could argue if Eel wasn't hurt, would she be in this picture? I believe the answer is yes. Um, so you have arguably two of the best NXT women's ty- um, wrestlers going against arguably one of the best. You're going to cut your teeth against somebody. This is the person to do it. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that if Bianca pins Rhea or if vice versa and, you know, she just puts on a hell of a match. I'm all for it because I don't see Charlotte actually needing the NXT title. I just see that this is something to elevate NXT to that next level where it needs to be. And so we're just going to wait and see. All right, Kayla. I definitely do see a triple threat match coming. I honestly don't see the match between Charlotte and Bianca actually ending properly on uh, Wednesday because I have a feeling that Ripley will definitely get involved somehow. So more than likely in, in, in no contest where Bianca and Charlotte and Ripley are beating the heck out of each other, or there's going to be some kind of interference with that match. So basically probably a DQ, but it's definitely probably going to end up being a triple threat match for WrestleMania. Okay. Now, my question is, who do you think would announce it? Do you think Regal would announce it, or Triple H will come out and be like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. You're all... It's triple threat match. Who who would you rather have, though? I, honestly, I would prefer Papa H coming out saying, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm done with their bullshit. Triple threat. You guys take this out at WrestleMania. I, Regal, I love, and I loved how he creeped up on Dakota. That was awesome. <laughs> And I love how he did war games, but you know, there's just something about the author about Triple H being the one making this match over Regal, just because of the fact that he's had the hands and and basically raising and forming Charlotte. Agreed. Yeah. I, I okay. I'm gonna do a little prediction here and everything. Raw one. Okay. Raw episode. Charlotte's in the ring. Rhea shows up. Bianca shows up. They're going at it. Triple H comes out then, and then makes a triple th- makes it a triple threat. 
Don't, don't even do it on NXT. Do it on Raw. <laughs> that would make sense too. That would be that would be good too. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, so fingers crossed that that actually happens. Okay, so at Portland, the tables turned on to Masa Champa when Johnny Gargano ended up costing him the match against Adam Cole for the NXT title. On Wednesday, Ciampa talked about an NXT without Gargano. So, Jolie, how do you see the saga between Ciampa and Gargano ending? I think it could end the same way that the Cole-Gargano match ended, and that's a, um, the three levels, a hell match where they each pick a stipulation and then a, a final stipulation picked by Regal. I think that's the only way to do it. We already know that Ciampa is never leaving mm-hmm. NXT. I could see Gargano going up for a little while, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. But it's just like, you know, Ciampa has to win. I felt when he hit him with the title, my heart broke. Because I loved when at Worlds Collide when DIY reunited, I love that. And then yeah. they, then Gargano has to go break my heart again. Now it does. It's it was awesome symmetry because I think it was three years ago back in seventeen, where he Champa threw a Gargano into the um the Titantron. So yeah, so it was kind of like cool symmetry that he did what he did, but. I definitely see this becoming like a three three levels of hell match. That that's the only way for it to to end out, you know. All right, Kayla. I would have to agree. Johnny broke my heart too, because I really want Cole to lose the title, and I was kind of hoping that Tomasa uh, Chimpa would be the one to do it. Johnny comes out there, grabs the belt, and just breaks everybody's heart. I honestly kind of felt like. I was the one getting the NXT flag shoved in my heart that night. Um, so as far as that, I'll probably have to um, agree with Julie about how it's going to be the three different matches, part as hell, and eventually it's going to end up with um, Regal coming out and making a simple um, choice of what they need to do. Um, but as far as this, it's just I'm just kind of confused why they're kind of going back to the whole Johnny and Chimpa kind of feud like but um anyway I kind of enjoyed the feud before between the two so I'm kind of looking forward to maybe seeing where this one will go it's definitely a good feud and I think because it really wasn't um final the last time because Chimpa got hurt right so kind of like a ending to it now i guess yeah, you can say I, I think this is this is the final the final chapter in in a saga that took a little time to get to <sighs> yeah i um i definitely was not expecting that because full disclosure i didn't watch actually watch all of uh takeover because i was out of town but i did catch up on the highlights on twitter i saw that and it was kind of a little disturbing because it's like why now why did this come about and i understand like trying to get revenge on him for what happened but it was it was a few years ago almost and it definitely sets up a final stage for this now how this does play out and i'm hoping that this edit was true because i found a picture um on facebook and i later posted it on uh twitter as far as 
a possible matchup between Gargano and Ciampa at TakeOver Tampa in a Hell in a Cell match. And since both of y'all kind of mentioned this, this as far as like being a final chapter between them, a Hell in a Cell match would actually be the perfect way to kind of nail the coffin um, shut on this entire, entire saga. And yeah, it's... Um, it's definitely a way to kind of finish things up, but who knows? I mean, who knows how this is actually going to playing out as far as far as like, if this isn't even going to be in the end of it at Tampa, but uh, as far as like with takeover with Portland and everything, how this, it, this definitely threw everyone in a, uh, threw everyone a curveball for sure. Okay. So, a few weeks ago, we saw the return of Mr. Velveteen Dream. In the process, it was good to see him back, but he also came back kind of like stirring the pot a little bit when he had Marina Shafir and um, uh, Roderick and Marina's little boy on his pants and started like a whole mess up between Roderick and Dream. And going back the backstory and everything is that strong did take the, the nxt north american title from dream and he was part of the reason why dream got put on the shelf for several months but this could be taking it a little too far so kayla what do you think about the turmoil between dream and roger strong first of all as him having um, marina and their son on his pants and then something was it call me call me baby marina whatever's on his butt um I basically just died laughing. Like, it just, I mean, I've never been a fan of my um, dream because um, the whole feud between him and Ricochet when Ricochet was in NXT. Um, but as far as this, it kind of just makes me laugh because I guess you can say Roderick is kind of getting what he deserves from taking the title from him because once you take a title from somebody, you're still going to hold that grudge. I mean, I've never been a champion. I don't know how it feels, but if someone takes something from you, you're going to come back and probably hit them the hardest you can hit them. And as far as um, the whole, his wife and son on his pants and his wife's name on his butt, which tickles me. Um, I honestly think this might go a little bit longer than normal, but, um, but I definitely see dream continue to build it up and getting the matches. Um, unless Roderick strong, has his goon squad out there, the Undisputed Era, um, helping him and making him win the matches. But the thing is, how much longer is he going to have them to back him up? Because it's a question. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see how far this whole feud goes between the Dream and Roderick Strong. All right. Jolly? Well, you know, I, I concur with what Kayla just said. It has nothing really to do with the championship. It has everything to do with the fact that they try to end his career. That's why he's going after what Roderick holds most dear, which is his family. So I enjoy it. I like the mind games. I like the storytelling. We, we, we go over this all the time lately. It seems like we say it's the storytelling. That's what makes wrestling what it is. And the fact like you know that he's doing what he's doing and he... he Dream doesn't follow anybody on Twitter. It's only hmm. following her. 
What? Oh yeah. man, that's crazy. He he doesn't follow anybody on Twitter. He is following one person, and that's Marina. So that right there, you know, this is some great storytelling. And like you said, like you know, he's got his uh, right now. Roddy's got his his cronies, but how much longer? Because only one person has gold right now in that that group. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm all for somebody getting revenge and everything. Velveteen may be taking it a tad too far. Marina, yeah, I can see that, but it's like leave the son, leave the kids out of it. But um, no, I definitely, I, I definitely hope this does continue a little bit longer and everything. Velveteen still needs to get a lot of retribution for everything that occurred. And I don't, I, and I, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I don't think it's going to stop with Roderick by himself. But, but hopefully this does keep up a little bit longer and everything. So, going back to the gold with the undisputed era. So we were all hoping that Tomasa would have taken the title from Adam Cole on at Portland, but unfortunately, we all know how that came about. So. The question is, is like, who's actually going to be the one to take the title off of Cole? And the only logical choice at this point, I definitely see Finn Balor. Because, unfortunately, Adam Cole's going to probably end up breaking his uh, streak for the longest NXT title reign. Finn just came off of an amazing win against Gargano at Portland. He has a lot of momentum behind him. And the only way that I could see this ending is with... Finn taking the title from Cole at Tampa. Now, as far as like if it, it now more likely it probably wouldn't in there because even if Finn does take the title, Cole will probably get retribution and go back after him again. But um, yeah, I definitely send, I definitely see Finn taking the title. Jolie, um, who would I like to see take the title from Adam Cole? Truthfully, I mean Finn. Finn's a great choice, but kind of want to see Keith Lee take it. Ooh. I mean, you know that eventually Dream and Roddy are going to go back for the... North American. Thank you. I wanted to say U.S. title, but I knew I was wrong. The North American title, you know they're going to go back for that, and I just feel that it could be the next elevation of Keith if they don't move him up or move him over to Raw or SmackDown um, to go for the NXT... Uh, men's championship but Finn is definitely the other one that I would pick for that just because I love Finn and so Kayla I know you're a Finn fan too but uh, let's see so who do you see taking the Cole off the title off of Cole 29 days is when Cole will break the record um so I kind of agree with Julie a little bit. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind Keith Lee taking that title because I think he's worked very hard to actually get where he's at right now. Um, he would definitely be a good choice. And But I can also see Finn Balor going to Adam Cole to like, hey, you broke my record or whatever if he does. Like I said, a lot can happen in 29 days. Um, but yeah, if it was anything, I can definitely probably see Finn Balor being the one to take it from Adam Cole. And he'll definitely probably be the third person to become a two-time NXT champion. Mm -hmm. 
or the wild card and something that um, Keith Lee brought up onto uh, backstage last Tuesday. You know, he he would definitely like to face Cesaro. I would like to see Cesaro come down to NXT and get the title. Yeah, definitely give Cesaro something else to do instead of being Cowbell. <laughs> oh, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> or being Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn's um pet pig or whatever you want to call it. Guinea <laughs> <laughs> pig. <laughs> oh man, poor Cesaro. But that's a, yeah, that's definitely be a good twist because I I did I did see that clip. His dream match would be against Cesaro. So who knows if they'll pull the trigger on that one. Okay, so kind of want to bring a new segment into the podcast. And every queen or royalty um, likes to make appointments and putting a specific title on a person. Well, this being the queen's takeover, I thought we'd do some appointments of our own in the wrestling world. So starting off, let's get a little crazy with the bad guys and the little instigators on TV and everything. So first things first, the biggest heel in wrestling today. So I'm actually going to start this off and I'm going to go a little AEW on this one with Mr. MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Oh, this, he's very unapologetic. He's very brutal. He does he he does know what he wants. Um, everything is on his terms, especially with these whole stipulations that he put on Cody for him wanting this match at Revolution. Um, the lash the segment with the lashes I said it earlier. It was brutal to watch, but this whole thing has been. This whole storyline has been absolutely genius. And he is just the toughest son of a bitch in the game today. And so and it's just like, I mean, a lot of, yeah, you can see, you can say a lot of people on WWE as well. Uh, but he means no nonsense. He doesn't blame anybody. Um, he doesn't make excuses, and so I definitely got to go MJF on this one. <sighs> Kayla? I honestly cannot agree with you more on that, that MG, um, MJF is definitely probably one of the biggest heels, but that's not the one that brought to my mind. Um, I'm definitely going to jump down at AEW as well, actually seeing it in action on Wednesday in Atlanta. I'm going to have to go Chris Jericho um, because – Chris Jericho having Jack Hagar, um, Sammy Guevara, Guevara, and them backing him up, you know, helping him um, do this feud with Mox, uh, John Moxley, kind of brought back the old feud a little bit when it was when he was Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. Um, it just it just kind of just brought back memories as far as what kind of heel that Chris Jericho could be. And I actually kind of enjoyed seeing that heel part of him again. And it basically all started when Moxley basically said, eh, no, I ain't joining your inner circle. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely going to have to go Chris Jericho as one of the biggest heels right now in the wrestling world. All right. Jolie? Well, I am not a big AEW fan, and those are two great choices. But I'm actually going to have to go with um, Dolph Ziggler. 
I can see that. All right. He broke Otis's heart. No. I'm sorry. MJF can tell, do whatever the hell he wants, and Jericho can do whatever the hell he wants. But you break that big man's heart, you're going to die. Poor Otis. Go make me cry now. I know. I mean, the... It's either Ziggler or Corbin for me, to be perfectly honest, to be the two biggest heels right now in the company, in WWE. <laughs> um, you could probably say Miz, too, but he he's working his way back to being a heel persona. Mm-hmm. But Ziggler and Corbin are the two top heels in the WWE. Okay. Uh, definitely. Um, just because of their, their attitude... Uh, Ziggler with breaking Otis's heart and manipulating Mandy, who's probably getting help from Sonya to manipulate Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that. And Corbin, just with how he's, when he was Constable Corbin, he, the way that he treated Kurt Angle, I mean, MJF has nothing on Corbin when it comes to treating legends the way that. That uh, Corbin treated uh, Angle, so. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so, and now we kind of, and so kind of steering in almost in the same direction. The most annoying superstar or wrestler on TV today. And um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to go two. I'm going to, I'm going to, there's kind of two that top the cake for me. On WWE, I have to go Lana. I have to go Lana because it's like ever since like this whole storyline with Bobby Lashley and everything, it's just like it, it's like listening to her on the mic is just almost like nails on the chalkboard. When even when she comes out to the ring at the Royal Rumble with the mic, I'm like going, No, why do you have the mic? No, 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 no. And then, of course, also saying that she's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, no. What have you done? What have you done lately? Besides, run your mouth. I don't see that. And then, my second one. I actually have to go back to AEW. And as much as I always love to support any wrestler from my hometown of Houston, Sammy Guevara is like the annoying little brother. It's like he's always hanging around, hanging around, not really contributing much as far as like, but it's like getting on, trying to jump in on the, trying to jump in on the action and loves to stir the pot and not much of a contributor, but it's just like, it's just flat out. He's just a pain in the ass. And I can, and honestly, I cannot wait for him and Darby Allen to go at it at Revolution. But um, yeah, for me, it's like Lana and Sammy Guevara are my top, are my top two. Jolie, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you already took the one I was thinking of, Lana. I mean, I, I I have had so many Twitter comments towards her for her stupidity and that whole storyline. Oh yeah, I remember. She 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 is the modern day Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me. Um. So yeah, 
definitely Lana is, is is on the top of that list. Another one, even though I like her persona, I like her overall talent. Um, is Lena Vega? Uh, she can be very very annoying. Where you know she's just, and I know it's the heel persona, but like just the constantly putting down people, and she's starting to put people down on Twitter, and I don't know if she's doing it as herself or as her character, so she's kind of been rubbing people that way, too. But, don't get me wrong, I love Zelina. I think, I can't wait to see her actually start wrestling again. That's kind of what I was hoping was going to happen once he, uh, Andrade, took his uh, little vacation there uh, for injury, quote-unquote. Um, but for, for we're going to go men annoying, for me as well, I had to pick somebody, and it there's there's, there's a, it's actually a longer list. So I'm gonna put this this number one, and he's also my number one heel. Is Corbin? He is so annoying on that mic. I mean, he just literally makes me mute the TV whenever he's on. Like I just can't stand him. I I just want to punch something when he's on TV. Oh. All right, Kayla. I actually had the same one as you did, Kat. Um, Lana, as far as the female. <laughs> three for three. It is just to the point where every time she gets on the microphone, I mute her or she gets fast forward because, like, I work second shift and that's the pleasure of fa- uh, being DVR. I can fast forward what I don't want to watch. But when she's on the microphone, it's just to the point I go back to the, um, part where she'll be shut up shut up that's what i feel like yelling at her shut up um so as far as female lana would probably definitely be up there i can maybe agree with the whole zelina vega a little bit too um how she's always constantly putting her nose where it doesn't belong and putting people down um on and off outside the ring and as far as the guys go I actually kind of got two in the air. One back to the whole, I will fast forward you because you get on my nerves, would be, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. I cannot (laughs) stand a promo sometimes of him. Now, I will listen to him, but I guess just that voice, you know, gets to me after a while. And then the second one would definitely have to be Corbin. I just, no, him on the microphone for me, here lately, even as Constable Baron Corbin kind of annoyed me even more. He's coming out, looked like he worked at Chili's waitress, <laughs> or not waitress, sorry, waiter. And no, no, uh, he wasn't the waiter, he was the host. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. The, I'm <laughs> sorry, the, the Chili's host, the host, host or the Applebee's host or whatever he is. Yeah. Um, but he's definitely, him and Paul Heyman's probably up there for the men as one of the highest people is annoying right now. So, a funny story about Lana. Funny story about Lana. I think this was back when she was kind of a heel and Rusev was a heel. Was it her? Or was, I forget. It, I think it was her. And she, like, stared at me down, like, you shut up! I'm like, no! Like, I'm, I'm front row and I'm, like, yelling at her. Like, she's, like, yelling at me to shut up. I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that would sound like Lana for sure. Oh. Because they were, like, uh, kind of like a heel faction before Rusev disappeared. And then Rusev came back his face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So this was like at the end, like this was right before WrestleMania last year. Like they were kind of like heelish, and I, I I called her out, and I was like, and she was just giving me dirty glares the entire time. It was great. I had fun. <laughs> I mean, that like I like when I I love going to house shows. So side note, anybody listen to this, if you ever get a chance, yeah, going to a live Raw or a live SmackDown or a pay per view, those are awesome. But go to a house show. You get an experience there that you won't get at a live sh- at a, a tape show. They do different things. They break character. Um, like I've seen that on videos. I, I have seen Drew crack up multiple times. I've seen Randy Orton crack up multiple times. House shows are some of the best entertainment ever. So do yourself a favor and go to a house show. And if you can pay the money to get the the the, the front row seats or close to the ring, definitely do it because it's it's so much fun interacting because they interact with you so much more there. Yeah, I get jelly when I, I get jelly whenever I see those videos. But uh, that's definitely on a bucket list for me. Um, um, I'll be going there uh, next uh, Saturday. Penn State Raw house show. Oh, cool. I've been to a I've been to a SmackDown house show. Um, unfortunately, like I said. I didn't actually get to meet any of them um, or actually interact because our seats were kind of like in that. They weren't high rise, but we were good seats because where we were at. Um, but um, my joy has said they actually interact with you. Like Orton was there. Um, Seamus, I got to see Seamus and Big Show and how they literally just like interact with the fans was like awesome. Um, I've actually, as far as um, interacting with fans, I've actually seen It'd probably be me. Um, funny story about Finn Balor with a fan. It'd probably be me. Um, he was at a house show, and this girl was sitting in the ring, and she's like, get a picture with me, get a picture. And she was, like, freaking out because he was in front of her, and she couldn't even hold her phone. Like, she was sitting there shaking. He says, he says, don't worry, I got you. So he takes her phone and takes a picture with her, gives her phone back, and then hugs her and says, don't worry, you don't have to be afraid. And I guess I looked at that and I said, that's definitely me. I said, that's going to be me. I said, you guys might see me on live TV. I'm going to be passed out on the floor. Because... <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I like Doy has said, at house shows, they really do interact with fans or they try to. So it's I definitely wanted to go to another house show soon. So maybe I can get a chance of actually start marking off my um meet the superstar list so because right now i only got one and that's well he's john moxley now but he was dean ambrose so jeez yeah man. you make me yeah, sound I've like I, one. I, I, my, my list man you got a mini book there I, y'all, <laughs> kayla you have one more than me i've met nobody well let's start <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding no we'll have to eventually though yeah definitely Okay, so rounding out the episode, we definitely want to do another uh, segment of the Justice Chair. Now, for these first few episodes, we definitely want to introduce ourselves and tell us uh, tell y'all as far as like how we got to be the wrestling fans that we are today. And so, next up, the boss lady herself, Kayla. I got into wrestling in 2006. Um, my mom introduced me to it. She started watching it, and I probably looked at her like she was crazy. But um, it happened to be the debut of Cody Rhodes when he came out with Hardcore Holly. When he had that, I guess you can say that, kind of remind me like a little country beat theme song. 
Um, but as far as how I really got into it, watching, um, obviously Cody Rhodes was up there. Um, Beth Phoenix, Natalia, um, Bobby Lashley was still in the mix. John Morrison was up there. Um, and then of course I fell back as part as your history and your past, um, Ric Flair, Rowdy Roddy Piper, etc. Obviously Finn Balor following his through his career. Um, and I think why I like wrestling so much, in a way they kinda all started out as original people. Um, they all had a dream that they accomplished. And I feel like you feel what they feel in the ring. Like if they get hurt, you might feel hurt. Like a little segment back to Otis, you felt his heartbreak. Um, when they have that energy, you feel it, you get excited when the spunk comes around. Um, and I guess part of being a wrestling fan, it kind of helps you forget about the world. Like you get lost in it. You can connect. Um, you believe that anything is possible in life. Um, give you a little... And I absolutely love meeting wrestling fans outside, you know, and different around the world. Um, I'll give you a little backstory. I am before Belly Up Sports. I wrote for another company. Um, I ended up losing all hope for the wrestling writing. Um, I had to leave the department because of a conflict of interest that was never taken care of. Um, then I ended up going to the college football department became department head, but I wasn't happy. Like something was missing. Um, I stopped watching wrestling. I stopped writing about it and just something was missing. And um, so I left that company, came part of belly up sports. And then I was started writing for wrestling again. I got that little spunk back, but I still felt like something was missing. And then Mike came to me and said, or came to us and said, we're going to start departments, apply for department heads. I instantly jumped on that wrestling department head and, um, and I got the job for it. And once I got that, I just started feeling more at home. Um, I work with a lot of great people in the belly up sports. I'm happy, you know, be working with them. Um, but most of all, I will say this, the people in belly up sports that keeps me motivated every day that once, once always, how can I say this? Always there and most motivates me the most, um, is definitely my writers in the wrestling department. If it wasn't for you guys, I would probably I would have gave up a long time ago um, because me and Avery overreact with all oh, over. Well, I guess we could overreact together. Um, react, um, interact with each other is basically a good way to express ourselves because we all connect. And I think that's what makes um, us all family and how um, we can relate in different ways. We don't always agree. We always um, can agree or disagree at different things. Um, but basically I just want to say it just feels great to be part of the wrestling world and I would not have it any other way. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> not my attention. But, nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but yeah, that's definitely awesome. And not to kiss ass or anything, but it's definitely a pleasure working for you. <laughs> all right. So that is definitely all the time that we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one. Stay tuned for another Jester's Court. And welcome to another session of the Jester's Court. I'm your resident Jester Jolie, and on today's docket, we're going to dive into a very interesting topic. The use of social media in progressing wrestling storylines. Is it useful or not? I already know the answer. It's definitely useful. If you look back at some of the storylines from right when social media was in its infancy, and you imagine Eddie Guerrero using Twitter or Instagram to promote his adoption storyline or who's Dominic's daddy storyline, it, it would have elevated, I think, that entire storyline to a whole new level. The way social media is being used now, not only to progress storylines, but it also helps create future storylines, it gets fans invested. And I think that is one of the better things it, it's used for, to be perfectly honest. Great example right now is Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. You know, you had Shayna biting her, and then you had people coming out with the Buffy memes and Becky retweeting or commenting or saying call me Becky the Vampire Slayer and now it just has her becoming this overly annoying stan of Shayna's calling her queen and you know that's my girl basically she's making fun of her fan base as well to be perfectly honest because some of us do act that way so I do find it kind of funny that she's acting like we act towards her. I just think that the way that she does it, she makes it interactive. She makes people become more interactive with the product because you see these like, okay, now what's going to happen? It like, it's like one of those side stories in a novel. You're like, well, okay, well, this is happening. Well, now what's going to happen? It's like, okay, I can't wait to see what she's going to tweet next, what she's going to do next. Is she going to do something on Raw? Is she going to do something on NXT? What's Becky going to do next? I think that's like the more brilliant part of the intertwinement of social media within the wrestling community. Uh, another great example is um, the whole Roderick versus Dream Saga with Dream friending only or following only Roderick's wife on social media saying, you know, if anything happens to Roderick, he'll be there to take care of her. And, you know, he's go they're going back and forth. And again, it's like it's a way to to renew the feud that was already there, but it also brings it to a new light. You know, you have Roderick and the Undisputed Era who quote unquote tried to take Dream's career away from him when he got injured and then now you say, Well alright, well Roddy, you try to take my career. Now I'm going to come for your 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 wife and your son. You know something's going to happen to you, but don't worry, I'll take care of them. Like you know, it's just it's very intricate storytelling. 
another use of it is trolling. I think one of the best examples of Twitter trolls is right now Sasha Banks. Sasha hasn't been seen inside a wrestling ring um, since early June or January, early January. And, um, you know, she's, she's tweeting out, thank you, Vince, or I'm at like 109%, had to be 125. And it's just, it's so, in all honesty, to me, it's, it's hilarious the way that she does this, the way that she's trolling her fans, how she, um, just keeps hyping up Bailey, where all of us are still like, you know, okay, when's the shoe going to drop? When is she going to start? Laying the tracks of manipulation. Are the are the is the manipulation already underneath everything? You know, because we all secretly want her and Bailey at Mania. That's a given. That's that's the only thing a lot. That's the only match that a lot of people want to see is uh, Sasha versus Bailey for the title at Mania with Sasha winning. I would like to see that, but I would prefer her winning the title in Boston. Anyway, so I think the use of social media is completely an ingenious line of thinking when it comes to the WWE, AEW. Cody does it. Brandy does it. Like I said, I don't really follow them as much, but I do follow Brandy and Cody. I do know that they do push things on social media. I know that they are interactive and active with storylines on social media, so again, that is something that we do see from AEW. I know Melina from NWA uh, does the same thing. Um, some of the women wrestlers in Impact as well. So for me, like, I love the fact that they're bringing a new element, and it's a fresher element, with the use of social media and making things seem a lot more intense, it heightens drama, it makes things a lot more interesting when it actually comes to the wrestling match when it finally comes to a head. The only issue with social media is the fact that there is a lot of toxicity. And it's toxicity towards fan bases, like it could be the Sasha fans versus the Becky fans, Charlotte fans versus Becky, it it doesn't matter, uh, Bailey fans versus Charlotte, it there is just a level of toxicity amongst the wrestling community, and it it kind of sucks that you know you can't express something without other people who follow you or just want to be a dick jump into your mentions and say, "Well, I hope this happens to your favorite. They're a piece of shit," or you know, have I called? Have I been toxic? Yes, I can admit that I've been toxic, but. I don't go out of my way to be toxic. It's like, I, I don't set out to say, well, I, I feel like being a, tr- a toxic troll today. Like, if I see something and, a uh, case in point, somebody posted a sign of the of a kid wearing a man's shirt with the, uh, uh, with a sign dissing Rollins. And they were making fun of the kid, saying, oh, he was probably a in love with Becky, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'd make that sign. I don't care that she's with Seth. I just think Seth's a piece of shit. But that's because I've had a personal experience with Seth Rollins. So I don't like the man or the character. 
it's just that simple. Like, you know, there's nothing, I don't think there's nothing he could do for me to change my perspective on him. I feel like, you know, I felt my personal interactions with him completely rubbed me the wrong way. So there is, that's my reasoning for that. But it's like, I didn't set out to be that type of toxic person, but I was just replying to a toxic post with a toxic post. You know, I, I think that, you know, us making fun of people for their own opinions and, and tearing them down and just going out of our way to bash people online, just it needs to, like, maybe lessen a little bit because I, I've seen a lot of hatred lately and it's not nice, it's not pretty. So I think that's the only real major downside, especially in the internet wrestling community, is the uh, major toxicity that we uh, spread towards one another. And it's not right because people don't deserve that type of hatred, that type of toxicity. Because there's some good people on the internet, you know. We all have uh, similar... Some of us have similar mutuals, some of us have no mutuals. But it's just like, you know people need to, I think we just need to learn to respect each other and expect uh, different opinions. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all pretty much human. And we all love wrestling. It doesn't matter who our favorites are. We all love wrestling. So, the verdict on use of social media, it's good and it's bad. And take it as you will. But also, on a side note, if you know somebody that's struggling, you know, just throw them a lifeline. Because that is one thing the internet wrestling community is good for. We have, I've seen them throw lifelines out to many a people. So, if you know anybody, throw a lifeline. Now, this is your resident jester signing out. I hope you have a great day. Until next time.